I didn't think of a funny quip for the start of this episode. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't got one. I usually just leave it up to you. I'll do. There you go. Thanks. I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. <laughs> Little Nessie drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. <laughs> I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And that Campbell oh, Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from In Between Us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Shall we love it? If you say it, say it with chest. Sorry, you just have to guess. Do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's, he was good mates with Pablo Escobar from what oh. I read. Mara who, sorry? You're a pair of twats, you know that. Hello and welcome back to Nostalgia FC Podcast with your hosts, me, Drew. And me, George. We are back with, I guess we'll call this season three. Why not? <laughs> Uh, we've, yeah, we've been off for a while, but we've, we've been recording in the background, getting these episodes ready for you to listen. And this is the first one, so here we are, back again. Uh, George, are you excited about season three? I am absolutely excited about season three, and we're gonna we're gonna get guests back on finally. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because we've got one right yeah. here. So, without further ado, <laughs> let's introduce the man. Uh, we have today a very special guest. Football content creator Gareth Ford Elliott, otherwise known as Eno Football. Uh, he's on TikTok, he's on podcasts, he's everywhere. Gareth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. Very excited to get into this. I do, I love the concept that you guys have got. I had a lot of fun putting my team together. So yeah, very excited to to get into it. Sweet. Right before we get stuck in. So you're on TikTok, Eno Football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 60,000 followers, 5 million likes, big numbers, big time numbers. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's going well. I'm going to be starting YouTube as well, which will be some more kind of longer form stuff. My ultimate goal is to make documentaries. So slowly I'm just working my way up in terms of length and slowly get to full on <laughs> documentaries down the line. Oh, nice. by 2025. That's the dream. That's the dream, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll be on there as well. And then obviously we've got the Kit Men podcast as well. Um, which is just a bunch of football content creators. James, who you had on the podcast a couple of months ago, um, is also on that. Uh, so yeah, a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for taking the time out to join us. So before we get stuck into your team, we've got to find out who do you support. I'm a weird one because, well, my my I support my local team or what used to be my local team when I lived there, Hereford, um, formerly known as Hereford United. But before I moved to Hereford, I always supported Arsenal. So I've kind of got two teams. And then, as we'll get into as well, I have a very strong soft spot for Napoli. And I don't know whether I should say I support them or not, because it's like, it's like a, you know, everyone's got their second team they like. But I really, really like Napoli. I make my effort to watch every single game. So I basically support them. But, you know. I think you need to claim that now before they win the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going going, to say. I'm going to Napoli in March to go to my first ah, awesome. my first two games actually. Um, oh, that's cool. And and so after that, I will I will fully claim them. I'll be like I've been there, I've been to a game. You can't tell me. I don't care if I've got the zero ties to the city. I really like Maradona. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the title. Thanks very much. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, international wise, who who's your team? This is another tricky one with me because I'm English, but I grew up in Ireland and then I moved back to England for a while and now I live in Wales and I have done for 
basically as long as I lived, well, longer than I lived in Ireland, actually. So I've grown to support Wales as well. So I support all three. Um, obviously, England are the only one who tend to make it to big tournaments. But ever since I moved to Wales, you know, the Welsh have done very well as well. So, yeah. Well, if there's a um, direct correlation between you living here and us qualifying for tournaments, please never leave. I want, uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I might go back to Ireland at some point, but I'm never going back no, no, to no. England. They've, they've had plenty in the 90s. They don't need any more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like a well, big screw you, screw you to Scotland as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would support all four. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like Scotland. I do like Scotland and I'd love to live there one day. So maybe, um, but I just don't have any real tie or I don't really have any passion for Scotland. I just like them, you know, they're nice, but yeah, I don't like England, but I, I support them just via default. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, let's get into your team. First off the bat, what is your formation? I've just gone with a classic four, three, three. I just think it's the best for building a squad. I remember when James did his, he had some weird old formation, like two, three, five or something. And, you know, that's all fun and all, but I just think the four, three, three, it's classic. You can't really go wrong with it. Uh, you get someone from everywhere. So that's why I've gone four, three, three. I'd respect my favorite formation. Mm -hmm. Although saying that on football manager, I've stopped doing that now because you can see too many goals. Anyway, <laughs> that's just a tale of me being bad at football manager. <laughs> Okay, so as ever, we're going to start at the base of the team, which is the goalkeeper. Who have you got between the sticks, Gareth? In goal, I've got a player who used to play for Hereford and also was, I don't know if he ever actually played for Liverpool, but he was on loan at Hereford from Liverpool. Um, it's Peter Gulashi, um, who now plays for uh, RB Leipzig, um, is their Hungary uh, international goalkeeper as well. So, yeah, I mean, this one's fairly simple, really. I couldn't really think of a goalkeeper. There's a lot of goalkeepers I like, but this one was, he was there in my first season when I was supporting Hereford, and then he's gone on to be, you know, relatively successful. So every time I watch uh, international football and it's Hungary, or if I'm watching the Champions League and it's him, I'm always looking out, keeping an eye out for him. I got a lot of love for him. We called him Superman, even though he was only on loan for like half a season. Um, <laughs> and, he, you know, we got relegated, but, you know, it, <laughs> he was great. Our defense was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you got to feel bad for those keepers that are like very, very, very high quality, and then the defense just lets them down. So it's just constant yeah. barrage of shots on them. I don't know if I'd rather that, you know, as a good keeper, you want to show off, don't you? And if your defense yeah, is good, you never have to do anything. I mean, he's playing I mean, in the Champions League now, and he was playing for Hereford. Yeah, I was so going to say. I was just about to say that he went <laughs> on to to go to RB Leipzig. I think he, I think he showed showed, yeah. showed what he can do. Love a yeah, exactly. Um, there was a great game. We were playing against Leeds. We won 2-0. Uh, we were one nil up at the time. They got a penalty. He saves the penalty. And then about 90 seconds later, we go down the other end and score. So that was just a great memory I had from him. But ultimately, he just I was going to say he carried us. He didn't really carry us because we got relegated anyway. But he did his best. This is, uh, Just look at, looking at the teams he's been to, it's incredible that like his journey. So like mm. you say, he started at Liverpool. He didn't actually play a game at Liverpool uh, well, this according to Wikipedia, so I'm not going to call that fact. Yeah, then I, I went never on, sort of played football. Went on loan to you guys, went on loan to Tranmere, went on loan to Hull, and then suddenly just turns up at Red Bull Salzburg and then RB Leipzig. <laughs> yeah. Just so, uh, fair play. A trip to New York Red Bulls is on the cards there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, maybe. Retire the, the other Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, Peter, Peter Galashki, a great little fact about him. 
he is an avid supporter of LGBT rights and same-sex marriage rights in Hungary, which isn't very popular in Hungary. Mm. And he spoke out about it in Hungary and caused massive turmoil in the Hungarian press. So good on you, Peter. Good luck. Oh, yeah, go on, man. What another reason? When you said you like go. something about LGBT rights in Hungary, I was like, oh no, please don't Uh-oh. go the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's gone. The, it? Yeah, but no, uh, yeah, it is. It is very. Um, uh, taboo, I guess, in Hungary, and yeah, so good man. it's good to hear he's on the right side of history. Yeah, it is, it is. Now, before we move on, just a quick mention: uh, he is obviously Hungarian, and uh, I'm very disappointed in him that it's not a Hungarian tradition that all of the goalkeepers wear baggy joggers, like Gabor Kirali. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping yeah. that would be like the go-to uniform in uh, in Hungary, but apparently not. No, just back <laughs> in the day. I don't know why that was ever a thing. <laughs> why not? You look like a darts player playing football. What more could you want? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's move on. So we're going to go into your defence. You can choose which side you start from, right or left, or centre, if you're a maniac. Where do you want to go? <laughs> if you're a maniac. Um, I'll I'll go from right back. I think that is the sensible thing. Right, and this, this is probably my most rogue shout, because there's not really any reason... Well, there's one very specific reason, and it's a, it's really silly. But back in the day, I just loved Wigan for some reason. I just thought they were so funny. Uh, just their name. This is when I was like a child. I just thought they had a hilarious name, and they weren't very good at the time. And then a couple of years later, they got a little bit good when they had like Leighton Baines, people like that. Um, mm. I think it was a season where Amazaki came in, um, had well half a season where he was good. Um, Emerson Boyce is my right back. Uh, and the reason why is I was convinced he was world class for this season. So this was around the time I'd never watch a full game of Wigan. It would always be match of the day. And he would just, you know, run down the wing, put in a cross, and Amiyazaki was there. Um, and I was just convinced that like he should he was the answer to Arsenal's problems at right back. And there was this one cross in particular that started it all. I can't remember who it was against, and I don't think it even led to a goal. But Emerson Boyce put in this beautiful cross, and it's just etched into my brain. So, yeah, that's my reason for, reasoning for Emerson Boyce. I don't really remember much <laughs> else about him. He was from Barbados. Yeah, he was going to say he represented Barbados. I, for some reason, in my head, Emerson Boyce was always 35. I don't, yeah. like, I don't ever remember seeing him before he was old. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, it's one of those places that sort of crept up. Yeah, no, well, Wigan had Mario Melchior as well, who played a lot, and so I think Boyce was like what, the back end or something. And then when Melchior left, Boyce just he just came in. So I think he was like thirty-one, and then he was there for a few years. And they had Figueroa on the left side as well, and well, they had Jimmy Bullard at the time as well, didn't they? Yeah, well, in one of those years, he or some of those years, he was definitely there. They had such a random team. Um, Heskey up front, of course. Zaki came in for a little bit. Um, Charles and Zogbia was there. Um, oh, it's just some Chris Kirkland, who's uh, speaking of goalkeepers with political beliefs, one who's got some dodgy things oh, to dear. say. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, great team. Wigan, Wigan were one of those yo-yo clubs for so long during that period, though, weren't they? And I remember, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's this season that you were talking about. There was one season where they just came out of nowhere in the Premier League and they finished top half of the table. Mm. I don't know if it's, it's that particular season, but I remember that, and I remember just enjoying watching them. And I can't, I can't remember all the players that were there, but yeah, I don't know where they mm. are. I think that was the season that Emerson Boyce scored thirty goals in it. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah, back. no, 
No, I think uh, I think it might have been a little bit later. He might have still been there, but I do I remember that season. They also obviously won the FA Cup um, and then got relegated in the same season and then played Europa League football in Championship, which is amazing. Is that when they beat City in the final with Sidwell scored? I think Ben Watson. Ben Watson. Oh yeah, wrong ginger centre mid George. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's there's two more than one. (laughs) (laughs) Forget Paul's goal. (laughs) <laughs> Just the uh, last thing on, on uh, Wigan before we move on. Um, as you said, they're, they're a bit of a random club and they're a bit, of a bit of a banter club, I guess. And they've really, really bought into that by employing Colo Tori as their manager currently. <laughs> yeah. Well, just another reason <laughs> to like them, really. An invincible, two-time invincible, isn't it? He did it at Celtic as well. Yeah, I did get one... At one point, it got so bad for Arsenal and this was when Wigan were do, kind of doing all right. And I said, I remember being at school and I was getting like picked on because Arsenal well not picked on but you know the kids were throwing the banter around and I was like screw this I don't support Arsenal anymore I support Wigan that lasted about a day <laughs> so technically you could say the they're next, my fourth team next on uniform day Emerson boy shirt on come on the lads <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> at the Latics <laughs> one nil up the ticks come on <laughs> right then so uh, an eclectic mix so far uh, yeah two for two so let's go into your centre backs. Who have you got? Well, the first one I think is someone is a pick that you guys are gonna like. It's Ashley Williams. Now, yes. as I said at the start, I've moved around a bit, and Euro 2016 was just at the end of my first year of university, which I did in Cardiff. And so I was in Wales. I was getting behind, you know, the Wales team and stuff. Even against England, I was, you know, cheering on Wales, and partially because I probably would have got killed if I wasn't. Because <laughs> I was the only, I was probably the only English person in that pub. But I mean, that didn't stop me on another occasion. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Ashley Williams. Back to Ashley Williams. Obviously, he was great that entire tournament. But that goal against Belgium. Wales were 1-0 down and I was just thinking, God, England already let me down. Ireland were also out by that point. I was really hoping Wales could go and do something because they're my last hope. Um, Ashley Williams scores the equaliser with a great header. And it was one of the one of my favourite moments, you know, being in a pub or anything because it was just the atmosphere was unbelievable. Uh, obviously, after that, you had Tal robson Carnu and uh, was it Sam Vokes scored the other one? Sam was, Vokes, yeah, header. Yeah. Ended up being 3-1, but Ashley Williams, he was the leader of that team and, well, one of the leaders in that team. And that goal was just absolutely iconic. That that tournament as well, I was tempted to put Ben Davies in here, but he does play for Tottenham. But that clearance off the line <laughs> from him was absolutely amazing against yeah, Slovakia. Slovakia. Yeah, um, Hamšík, I think, took the shot, obviously, he used to play for Napoli as well. Yeah, just love Ashley Williams. And I have actually seen him play against Hereford uh, for Stockport. Yeah, oh, way back in the day. Love that. Hate stuff. Yeah, so. <laughs> but yeah, so it's just a player I've got a lot of fondness for. And he's one of the few people when you watch the punditry, a punditry at the World Cup who doesn't talk absolute nonsense. So yeah, I appreciate him for that. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree. I'll give you that. Yeah. I, I always think about that that Belgium game and the fact that everyone, and we're, we're guilty for this, Drew, everyone always just talks about the Hal robson Carnu goal. Where that Ashley Williams gone was probably more important at that point because we yeah. could have we could have just crumbled at that point and just gone further and oh, further yeah. and it could have been four nil to Belgium time. and like that. Mm. And that goal just got the spark that just sort of set it off. And it was yeah. Yeah. I think I think that was a very, very important goal. And you could see yeah. the absolute passion in his face from a guy who sounds 
the celebration very, is very very brummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The celebration yeah. is is amazing. And I mean that's another part of the reason you know I do really like him because he is one of these guys who was born in England but actually became a hero for Wales and again like I said earlier um I've kind of moved around a lot. I don't really feel like I have a national identity but he was someone who kind of carved one out for himself even though he was born and I think it was just like his grandmother or something uh, on one side yeah. was Welsh but you know he was still very passionate he obviously played for Swansea for a long time as well which probably helped yeah. with that just just a great guy I should have a story about Harrelson Carnu as well I was just convinced and I, I I maintain I'm right about this he's a dreadful footballer but that entire game <laughs> I was like you. <laughs> I was like get him off get him off and then he went and did that and I, I had to kind of be like oh um so yeah i mean he's he had a great moment he had a great moment and he seems like an amazing guy well, as well he's very funny but um i was just I had such an agenda against him <laughs> it probably tells you a lot that he didn't have a club going into that tournament mm. exactly yeah, like Disney, <laughs> yeah and then afterwards everyone was like go and sign him i'm like no it's just this one moment for him i think he went to west brom and then he he, yeah, he had did. like yeah, he scored like a couple of goals in the league and everyone was like, he's amazing. And I kept persisting. No, he's crap. And turned out he was. But <laughs> he was number four, didn't he? He did. Well. And he did, yeah. That's, a That's strange. Lost a bit of respect weird. there, Hal. He's, that, <laughs> I'll compare him, right, in that tournament. I'll compare him to the OG Power Rangers, right? He had red, blue, green, yellow, pink. And then in the film, they had like the white and black guy he was like, I don't know, what was his name? I can't remember. But whatever ranger he was, he only popped out for that one movie and he was sick. <laughs> and everyone was like, whoa, this guy is incredible. <laughs> then he went away. That was Hal Robson Connor in that tournament. Just popped exactly. out, did <laughs> exactly. his bits, and off he went. Uh, it's yeah, a but great it's, shout. It's not the great and great analogy, because in the other Power Rangers stuff, there isn't a black and white Power Ranger in the background not doing very well, though, is there? <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's that's I, I choose to ignore the bad times. It's all about the good times. Right? <laughs> hey, you can say we've come a long way in the past three years of podcast. Well, two and a bit years of podcasting, George. But we're still talking about Harrison Carney, and now we're talking yeah, about somehow. Power Rangers with him. So come on, yeah, I, Ashley Williams. We're just going back to you saying about the um, punditry and how he's one of the ones that doesn't speak nonsense, things like that. It mm. always made me laugh at the World Cup, where it was just like they'd always try and get an English pundit in and a Welsh pundit in or a pundit from wherever you were watching the team of. It just made me laugh that the Welsh pundit sounded like him. Like yeah. this proper brummy <laughs> accent coming out of yeah. him. And he was just like, and he yeah. Still, he still he kept, says like, he kept oh, saying we. He says we. Yeah, and, oh, we. Yeah. yeah, love that. Mad respect. Yeah. Love him. No. Absolutely he's just an him. absolute like, legend, isn't he? He is, absolutely. Right. Let's move on to his partner. Who's, who's at the back with him? It's a very similar story, I guess, uh, just with a less happy ending. So um, as my other centre-back, I've got Shane Duffy. And it's a similar story from the perspective of, uh, you know, supporting Ireland. I remember when Ireland were in the World Cup playoffs after we'd beaten Wales, um, there were, we had to play Denmark, who were a very good team. Shane Duffy scored to take the lead. And I was in O'Neill's in Cardiff. All the Irish people were in there and it was a great atmosphere for about 10 minutes until Denmark went and ruined all that. But for 10 minutes, Shane Duffy was my absolute hero. And, you know, it was one of the, again, one of these moments where uh, I don't often get to go back to Ireland. Um, I don't often get to watch 
Ireland games with other Irish people um, because, you know, a lot of the time they're just not around. But for this one, O'Neill's was absolutely packed and it felt like I was back in Ireland. And for those 10 minutes, it was like, you know, being almost like being in the stadium. Um, so it was a great time. Um, I a mean, moment. he's also just funny, isn't he? He's massive. He's just <laughs> hilarious. Um, and he's actually been pretty good in the Premier League as well. You know, when, when they first came up. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he would actually stick around that long. I thought they would, you know, progress past the need for him. But I think he's still there, um, still kicking about. Uh, or heading mostly. Uh, yeah, just an, an absolute legend. Similar to well, Ashley Williams, just Ireland then lost four, 5-1. So. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> ouch. Yeah. I was I was very happy that uh, Ireland beat us because Wales would have got absolutely spanked by that Denmark team as well. So yeah. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. saved us that. Yeah. I'll come so back nice to little... that, that Wales-Ireland game later because I've got someone oh, else nice. who, will, who we can talk about for that. Ooh. <laughs> I've got an idea. Uh, so Duffy, you get nice little nice little link back to your right back here. Uh, he once ranked Wigan's fans as the worst fans <laughs> in the UK, and compared the DW Stadium's atmosphere to a library. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure MS and Boyce probably be beefing with him. They probably wouldn't have a good partnership. They'd probably be, you know, having a go. Or maybe you'd agree. Maybe you'd be like, yeah, that's why I was able to just really focus on my game because it was so quiet. You know. <laughs> Maybe he really appreciated that. A man of re- relaxation is Emerson Boyce. Yeah, he's Barbadian, of course he is. Exactly, yeah. Shane Duffy, you could question his allegiance. I don't know if either of you know this or have seen this, but he started off his international career playing for Northern Ireland's under 16s, 17s, 19s, 21s, then played for Northern Ireland B, and then just switched allegiance <laughs> to the Republic of Ireland. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's there's a there's a complex political situation that goes around all that. Very much so, um, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it, it's it's very funny when you watch Ireland have a lot of that, especially with how many um how many grandparents and stuff of players there are. Obviously, there's Grealish, Declan Rice, uh, Harry yeah. Kane could have played for Ireland, Rooney could have played for Ireland. There's a lot who could have done. Most of them choose to go otherwise. Shane Duffy, you know, he saw the light. Oh, the, the emerald light, and off he went. <laughs> yeah. Good old <laughs> failing to qualify for every tournament. Not Euro 2016, though. Oh, yeah, they were there, yeah. Yeah. Didn't go as Out far as Wales, stage. but it was still... No. Uh, lost to it? France in their last 16. Oh, I apologise. Yeah. Actually almost beat France as well. Lost 2-1. Uh, all right, so Shane Duffy, great player, great pick. Well, an okay player. Good pick. Uh, let's move to your left back to finish off this defence. So my left back, this is one where I don't have you know a personal connection to so much. It was just someone I really liked, and that's basically it. Um, it's Juan Captavia, I think is how you pronounce it. He was Spain's World Cup winning left back uh, in 2010. Played for Villarreal, and when Ashley Cole left Arsenal, um, Wenger wanted him to replace Ashley Cole. And I wish that had happened because I think he would have suited the Premier League very well. Very strong, quick, very good defender, very good going forward. Just an all-round really underrated player. And one of those, I think, is one of the most underrated players. I do really like Villarreal. It's, it's hard. I don't really have a Spanish team because I really like Valencia as well. And they're kind of rivals, so I can't I can't really pick one and be like, yeah, I really like the rivals as well. Um, <laughs> so they're not really... If I had a Spanish team, it would be both of them. But... 
yeah, that, that VRL team at the time, um, they reached the Champions League semi-finals and he was in that. Um, they were just really, really fantastic. And then obviously went on to win uh, the World Cup as well. Um, just, I think, one of the most underrated players, one of the most underappreciated players um, of my lifetime, really. So I just, I've always liked him, basically. This is a fantastic pick. We've never yeah, had him on the podcast really before. Like and it's one of those players where you don't even think about him in the mm. conversation of like best left backs. But when you say his name, you're like transported back yeah. to seeing him play on the left side of that midfield. That mm. midf- Sorry, that left side of that defence with Poyol. Mm. And then you've all, like, in that team, I just think of Marcos Senna playing defensive, yeah. defensive mid. I almost put him oh, in the team as well. Back. Yeah. He was also at VRL and obviously won the Euros. I don't think it, was he in the World Cup squad? He didn't start. I don't think he was. I don't think he, I don't think no. he got in. I think because he was like 33 in the yeah. Euros. Yeah. But he was in that, he was like key player. In, oh yeah, of course. And then Busquets came in. Um, but yeah, he was almost in the team as well. I love Marcos Senna. Uh, originally Brazilian, but then changed his allegiance. Another one who changed his allegiance. But yeah. It was a theme, Cap- eh? Yeah. <laughs> Cap <laughs> Tavia, um, I just, I just loved him, um, and I think he's my kind of go-to whenever anyone says who's the most underrated player of all time. Because I think he literally was uh, not the best left back in the world at the time. Because Ashley Cole was ridiculous, but he was certainly in the conversation and certainly always overlooked. I felt, and I, I just, yeah, he's just proper a speedy, player. wasn't he as well? Yeah, really quick, really strong. Um, I think he would have been brilliant in the Premier League and obviously technically very good as well and a good defender. Just had it all. Yeah. A very eclectic mix of teams. He managed mm. to play in Spain, Portugal, India, Belgium and Andorra. Andorra, wow. Who was that yeah. for? Was it for uh, Andorra FC or whatever they're called? It was Santa Coloma. Oh, never heard of them. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big, uh, not a big avid watcher of the Andorran league, but then I have been to Andorra. So I saw in his list of clubs as well. He's got Northeast United, and I thought it was this weird amalgamation of like Newcastle, Sunderland. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not. It's uh, it's a team that plays in the Indian Super League. But you know, that's mad. He's been all over. Yeah, Jerry, Andorra man. and India. That's crazy. He's really yeah. after that money at the end of his career, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's trying, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, what a player, though. That is a fantastic choice. Every time we do this podcast and we get a guest on, sometimes we like can sort of assume what players are going to come up, but having a player like that, where it just transports you back mm. to that era of just David Villa and Torres running wild, Chavin yeah. and Iniesta going mad, like we said, Marcos Senna, and then the Villa at the just... It was a gorgeous team, wasn't it? Great. Beautiful. Beautiful. And what, well, there you go. That rounds off the defence rather nicely. Um, One significantly better than the other three. But (laughs) we'll let you decide. (laughs) Obviously, it's Emerson Boyce. Uh, So we'll go into the midfield. Um, So you've put three in the midfield. Mm-hmm. What are these midfield three doing? Have we got a, any holding? Are we all out of attack? What are we saying? I, w- I went for one of each. I went for ultimate balance. I went for a defensive midfielder, someone just as a number eight, and then someone who is mostly a number 10 um, as well. So I went for a nice little mix. Lovely. All right, well, who's first? Uh, well, I'll start with the defensive midfielder. I've got Gilberto Silva, who <sighs> my first season supporting Arsenal was the uh, 2003-04 season. 
So, you know, can't call me a glory hunter because I got in there before the Invincibles. Um, There's <laughs> <laughs> um, the three league titles before that, but that's fine. Yeah, yeah, the double a couple of years before and then a couple of years before that as well. But And now yeah. suddenly supports um, Napoli. So- What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah if they drop off i might you know juventus are looking pretty good these days so yeah, yeah. allegri sorted it out so i don't know <laughs> um but no um yeah gilberto silva was my favorite player in the that arsenal team mainly because the 2002 world cup was kind of my introduction to football and he was just so fantastic in that he always caught my eye i remember people just being like that guy gilberto and i loved the name as well i just i'm then he was called Silver as well. Obviously, generally re- yeah. re- uh, referred to as Gilberto, but then Silver, which when I was a kid, I just thought, wow, he's a silver man. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> which is pretty simplistic, but I, I absolutely loved him. Um, and then, yeah, as he kind of grew, uh, he, well, as he came into Arsenal after that, and then when I moved to my new school, my friend supported Arsenal. I started supporting Arsenal just at the perfect time. Well, arguably, uh, the perfect time to have my uh, my hopes set for one thing and then crushed for the next 20 years. Although, you know, we're coming back now. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I loved him. Uh, that 2002 World Cup, he was unbelievable. I've gone back and I've watched some of those games as well, just to relive the nostalgia of um, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, but he's he's one of those as well who I think just really, really stands out. Absolutely. A fantastic player. I just completed that midfield. You know, like mm. with him and Vieira in, in that midfield, it was just absolute dynamite. You couldn't get near them. The physicality of the two of them. Yeah. That was... Basically, that's what people said Arsenal were missing for years. Everyone used mm. to go on, oh, Arsenal don't have any physicality in the centre mid. And it yeah. was like that for years. And that, basically, that was based on the blueprint of Vieira and Gilberto. Just yeah. unbelievable yeah. Pair, partnership. Well, we had them and then we went to like Flamini, Rizitsky, uh, and someone else I might name soon. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had like, they were very good players, but they were just, it just lacked that physicality. And it yeah. was, People always point at Vieira, but as well as Gilberto, you're right, was just just as big a part of that as well. Technically as well, he was very, very solid. He had one one season where he scored 10 goals. I think it was 2006-07. Yeah, he was just like, quite a few of those were penalties, but he was just fantastic. Loved him. Gilberto is the one Arsenal player I... um... Uh, I relate with the kit, you know, the throwback kit, the sort of dark maroon one. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, centenary. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think as well, uh, watching him, like obviously, unless you're an Arsenal fan, he, he was such an easy player to hate when you watched him, mainly because he was mm. so good. But he was always just like, like you say, his yeah. physicality was always there. So you'd always, you'd always want a foul. You'd always want something. He was mouthy. He was this. But when, when you've got a player playing for your team, that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. He was, no, he was not. a player that like I, I really looked up to. Uh, I, I, I was never really big enough or strong enough to play that defensive midfield role, but I would always want to. I love putting tackles in and just like pushing people over and just being nasty. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, him and Gattuso were two that I really looked up to in that respect. Yes. Fantastic. Right, well, before we move on, in true nostalgia FC fashion, I've got an outrageous fact to tell you about Gilberto Silva. <laughs> Go on. So, Gilberto Silva uh, has a giant anteater named after him at London Zoo. <laughs> he once described the animal as my slightly more hairy brother. 
How are you finding out these facts? <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> if, you, if you pull them out threads, the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> he also plays the mandolin and the guitar. He used to play it in the pub in St. Albans. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, an anteater. He was a... I was trying to come up with a pun, but I couldn't find one. You <laughs> the effort. Couldn't, yeah. How quickly you gave up on it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was something there, but I couldn't think of it. Right. Okay, moving on from Gilberto. Um, are we going to go for your number eight or your number ten? We'll go for the number eight because it we move on quite nicely. It is one of those players that I was going to mention. Smaller, not quite as strong, but an unbelievable footballer, Santi Cathola. Another <sighs> one who was in that VRL team uh, along with Capta Villa. Um, it was obviously in the World Cup and Euros teams as well. Uh, a sub who would often come on for Iniesta, actually, um, and then could play... In the number eight, number 10, he could play on the wing. He could do it all. I think technically he was one of the most incredible players I've ever seen. I think at his best, I think he's the best Premier League midfielder of all time. This is my hot take. Oh, but I'm, I'm aware oh this is just goodness. complete bias. Um, but just the way he played, uh, there was that one season he got so many goals, so many assists, ran the, every single game. It was like watching a bit of Iniesta and a bit of Xavi in one player. Xavi even said if there was one player we were going to sign to improve the team, it would be Cathola. Probably just being nice to his mate, but he was still a fantastic player regardless. Um, <laughs> and in that season, I think it's I think it's better than Toure's, better than anything Lampard or Gerrard ever did. But I'm aware most people probably disagree with that. <laughs> I, I will yes. give you, I will give you that Santi Cazorla is probably one of the most underrated midfielders in the Premier League. Yeah, for sure. I think it's underrated. Uh, that, that's a given, I think. I don't know yeah. about best. <laughs> oh, mate, you should have seen him. <laughs> I mean, you probably did, did. see him. But I did. You weren't looking, <laughs> you weren't looking through my rose-tinted glasses. <laughs> no, I was not. I was not. <laughs> and through those, he was clearly the best. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's 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 my f- well, one of my favourite footballers of all time. Um, like I said, played for that VRR team that I loved and also then came to Arsenal. I was desperate for him to come to Arsenal for years before that and then eventually we got him. And it's just a shame that he had so many injuries. But even after the injuries, he then left, went back to Villarreal and was named the best midfielder in La Liga for one of those seasons as well, even though he was like 35 and was told by the doctors he would never walk again or never be able to play again. Yeah, incredible, incredible player. Like, like you said, he's got all of the qualities of all of the great Spanish midfielders rolled into one. Yeah, he's got a bit of grit to him as well. I think that yeah. goes under the radar. He's he's not afraid to put a challenge in, and you know yeah. he's that game more against, physical than his, his stature would suggest. Yeah, that game against Man City, he was like being a defensive midfielder, being a number eight, and then he was like getting assists as well. It was just he was running the game absolutely. That if if nothing else, if he's not the greatest midfielder ever, that's the greatest midfield performance I've seen. I'll, I'll let you have that one. That one seems more reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> and also yeah, the best transfer reveal of all time, but we've spoken about that. Yeah, yeah. At VRL. That's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> right, well, let's uh, let's go on to the 10, shall we? In number 10, I have my favourite footballer of all time, Diego Maradona. Uh, what's, what is there to even say about him that hasn't already been said? I don't even know where to start with him. Just an absolutely amazing footballer. I used to have all these DVDs of old 
World Cup footage and stuff like that when I was a kid. I didn't have a TV, so if I wanted to watch matches live, my dad would have to take me to the pub or I'd go to a friend's house or whatever. So at home, I just had all these DVDs and stuff that I watched, and he was on a lot of them. And as much as I loved uh, Gilberto Silva and Gattuso for their their grit, um, because I was usually put in a forward position whilst playing, I kind of mix in my grit uh, with you know skill and all that kind of stuff. And could I have been as good as him? Yes. If not for the knee injury, I think I would have been. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, back yourself. Yeah, I, I, I loved, I loved, uh, I loved him, and I used to love thinking I was playing like him um, against the kids in my school. It was pretty easy to think you were as good as Maradona because they were. Quite- <laughs> <laughs> Throw in, <you. laughs> I love it. Uh, oh, yeah. Diego Maradona. We've spoken a lot about Diego Maradona on here, um, but I recently I saw imagine. a video, and I can't actually remember if um, you sent it to me, Drew. I can't remember, but it was basically uh, it was it said something like Maradona used to train like this, and it was like a video of him in training with. I assume it was Napoli, or it could have been Argentina, and it was him just doing the weirdest stuff, and it was like, and no one suspected he was on drugs. And he's like, he's like bent over, like just doing the weird shimmy over to the ball before he kicks it and stuff like that. He does a roly poly randomly while he's dribbling with the ball. Everyone's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nah, he was just probably the most entertaining player on and off the field, even in those crowds for Argentina, uh, at at those world World cups where he's just clearly on something, but you know, but also he he lived life to the fullest. He was able to be on it and still be like you can imagine most players now if they were if they were like coked up to the nines like yeah they would not play very well but he just did it and ran out played an yeah. incredible game of football and probably went out that night he played his, he played his best football when he was on coke so you know it's <laughs> yeah. for him that's yeah. actually why he left Napoli in the end isn't it he uh, he failed the drug test. Probably that I don't know how he passed the rest of them but he failed that one <laughs> and then he had to I- go. I feel like they weren't very stringent with them. Um, yeah, he had the he had the one that he got kicked out of the World Cup um, because he failed the drug test, and then it was all downhill after that. Um, went back to Argentina and retired. Was playing for Boca Juniors, so it wasn't terrible. Yeah. You know, it was pretty much he probably could have gone for a bit longer, but um, at Napoli at the top level or whatever. But I mean, I think he was just very happy to get on and live life. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely. It's so easy as well to say with like legends like him, oh, you'll never see another player like mm. him. But I genuinely think you will never see another player like Maradona yeah. or at least another personality like Maradona. Yeah, exactly. The, um, Messi, if he had <laughs> been as crazy, you couldn't yeah, feed him. You never see Messi do any lines. You never know. No. It could be another level on top of that. <laughs> For two players so similar in terms of how they play and stuff like that, you couldn't get two more different personalities. Yeah, Messi's so shy, quiet, you know, and Maradona is just the opposite of that. <laughs> Maybe it'd be like Space Jam, you know, in, in Space Jam when they're losing and then they get Michael Jordan's magic water bottle and they pass it around <laughs> and they're all drinking out of it and all of a sudden they all feel empowered. Maybe... <laughs> Diego's got a bag and he passes it around <laughs> like, yeah, let's get on that and then elevates his teammates to another level. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it's just, you know, that's what great leadership's all about, really. Share in um, the bag. That's yeah. what great leadership's about. <laughs> exactly. I'll never not be amazed with your analogies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's my first Space Jam one for a while. I was, I've yeah, been holding yeah. them off. <laughs> right. Fun, fun fact about Diego Maradona. Uh, he was born on the same day as me. Nice. It's Although he's significantly fun. older than me, I should point out. I'm not 63. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is he. Oh. Not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Rest in peace to the king. Yeah, cut that. There we go. <laughs> We can talk about cocaine, we can talk about being dead, it's alright. It's not a secret. We're not <laughs> revealing that onto the podcast. Yeah, I know, but it just makes me <laughs> seem I like don't know if you know, but Diego's not human being. Alright, let's uh, let's move forward. Um <laughs> I'm assuming your front three is gonna be two wingers and a striker. Correct, yes. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I'll start on the right just because that's how I've got it play, uh, laid out. Um, and I've got Mark Pugh, who you might actually remember. He played for Bournemouth, um, yeah. scored a hat-trick against West Ham in the Premier League. Actually ended up being a pretty or a very good footballer, really, considering when he was at Hereford. Um, well, I thought he was the best player he'd ever play for Hereford. And if anyone was ever going to go on and play in the Premier League, which we've had a couple, it would have been him. He was just fantastic. I remember when he came in, I immediately like saw him and he was one of these players. I think like he scored like 13 league goals and I don't know how many assists he got. It wasn't like an unbelievable season, but it was just, a, he ran every single game we were in um, and he would play in midfield on either wing. Um, he could do it all really. He was clearly a level above. I don't know how we ended up getting him and keeping him for a couple of years. But yeah, he was just absolutely fantastic. Um, I met him as well. Um, so I went on this stadium tour type thing. Bear in mind, Hereford Stadium is tiny. So I don't know what really there was. I don't know why it, they were doing it, but it, they had this like day where they had the stadium open. And then as part of that, you go on a tour. And this was like preseason. He was like nursing an injury and he was like doing one of those rolling things. And he was like spread out, you know, um, Kate Winslet in uh, Titanic when she's laying for, to be painted by Leonardo. He was kind yeah. of laid out like that, doing his little stretch on his hip. Uh, How old were you when he did that, sorry? Uh, I was like, I don't know, I can't remember, somewhere between 12 and 15. Oh. <laughs> he, he was clothed, I should <laughs> Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, he was just doing this little rolling thing, but he was like on his side. Anyway, it was very funny. Um, anyway, he got up, he played head tennis with some of them uh, with some of us i got to do a couple of little heads back and forth with him um so yeah just good memories from him on and off the pitch seemed like a really really nice guy um and now he's you know he, he loves cooking so that's what he's up to now <laughs> yeah i was gonna say the foodie the foodie footballer on <laughs> yeah 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 uh, i follow him on instagram and he posts all his little meals and stuff class I love I love <laughs> stories like that. Like like you said, he's not necessarily the best player to ever grace the game, but for the memories that he gave you, he's one mm. of the best players, and I, I love that. That's what this that's what this podcast is all about. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and every time he was playing in the Premier League, I'd always be cheering him on, even if even though I really don't like Bournemouth, I just think they're a pathetic little club. <laughs> I, have, I, I have I just hate Bournemouth for no reason. Really. <laughs> I've got a soft spot for them now because Keeper more plays for them, but I can see what you mean. Yeah. They, it was just one time we were playing against Arsenal playing against them and they kept fouling us and then like they were being really quite violent. Um and then someone went down, I can't even remember what the foul was, but it was a clear foul. 
Um, and it was clearly, clearly quite vicious, really. And then their fans, just all three of them, were there chanting, same old Arsenal, always cheating. And I was just like, piss off. So don't like them. <laughs> don't like right, them well, just because of that. I, I hate to break it to you, mate, but I think every every fan oh, chants that against us. They they do, yeah. And I don't mind it usually because, you know, a lot sometimes it's true. We do like to dive around a bit. But this one just really wasn't. And I was just like, you're a crap little club. I hope you get relegated. And they did. Well, let's look at that way again. I love the idea of just hating a football team for like the most minuscule things, like because we all do it. We absolutely all yeah. do it, and like they just annoyed me on the wrong day, and I was like, "Nah, I don't like you." Everyone liked them as well because of Eddie Howe, and then when it all started going wrong, I just really enjoyed that. I love I mean, Eddie Howe. For, like, I like. I actually like a lot of the people who've been through Bournemouth. I just don't like them. Yes. Right, well, uh, let's quickly move away from Bournemouth then. I'm assuming it's not Ryan Fraser on the, right, on the left wing. So let's see who it is. <laughs> um, it is James McLean. Um, I mentioned earlier about that. Controversial. Well, we, we mentioned that uh, game against Wales, and he's basically in there because of that. Um, scored the winning goal as Ireland beat Wales in the World Cup playoffs. And even though I do support all three, my allegiances mainly lie with Ireland so I was there um, watching Ireland versus Wales in the pub in Cardiff the only person supporting Ireland he does that and I had a few too many admittedly at this point I jumped up on the, on the chair and started screaming as hard as I could it's in a silent <laughs> pub everyone <laughs> turns around I start getting like shouted at um I get some abuse um I get some threats oh, I was brilliant um and yeah and then this guy started having a go at me and I just I, I was just I can't remember exactly what I said because I was quite drunk but I know that I was you know saying some things back to him and it's it, it's just a great time what I remember of it it was a great memory and then on top of that um, I admire him because he's really stood up for his uh, his beliefs, his roots as well. Um, he gets a lot of abuse uh, because he doesn't wear the poppy, which I can't blame an Irish Catholic for not wearing the poppy. Really, um, as much as you know, I, it is about respect for the world wars mainly. Um, it does also represent the the British Army. So, yeah, I can I, I admire him for standing up in the face of that abuse and not just you know cowering like Harry Kane did yeah, at the World Cup well James McLean is not one to cower from anything <laughs> no seen him play football no. Jesus yeah that's another thing he's the kind of player I like he just gets stuck in and you know he is he is a bit of a bastard on the pitch but yeah that's why we love him he, he obviously played a lot of times for Stoke and mm. he was a bit a real juxtaposition player for Stoke because he had that skill and and speed as a winger which mm. is completely anti Pulis Stoke <laughs> But he also loved to punch people, which is perfectly <laughs> still. Yeah. He played for that uh, Wigan team as well. He came in quite late as they were in the Premier League. Um, well, he's back there now, isn't he? he? Is he? I, I didn't know yeah. that. He is. Um, Him and Colo tearing it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So another Literally. Wigan another Wigan player. Yeah. James McLean, I remember, are like... He was he was a player that if he came up against your team, you hated him. He's like mm. one of those sort of like pit bull sort of players. Yeah, kind of players yeah. I like basically. <laughs> and I I fully agree with him not wearing the poppy if he doesn't want to. If it because it does yeah. signalise the British Army and 
I think he's from Derry, isn't he? Which is yeah, where yeah, he is, yeah. the majority of all that happened. Um, well, yeah, I've been to the so... Free, Free Derry Museum, and just mm. if if it if if it's their choice not to wear it, they shouldn't have to wear it. And why there was so much controversy around it, I don't understand. Yeah, but. I mean, I think um, I'm not sure if uh, if he was there, but when uh, there was that famous shooting, um, I know that he had uh, family members or friends or something like that. Uh, who were directly affected by that? So um, yeah. who lost who lost someone. So I know there was something particularly very close to him as well. So yeah, I mean yeah. it is just fair enough, really. Like it's not it's it, it, you know it's for people in Britain to remember the soldiers, not for anyone else, really. So I think if if an Indian footballer didn't want to wear it, I think most people would understand. I'd like to think they would anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That seems like a good point to jump off from this. And yeah. Into your striker. Um, so my striker is Ian Wright. I never saw it. Well, no, I've never saw him play live. Um, he was one from just before I supported Arsenal. But from when I've been back over the history, I just absolutely love him. Again, he's a bit of like a wild card um, on the pitch. He wasn't necessarily as violent as like a James McLean or a Diego Maradona could be. But he was very, very passionate. Wore his heart on his sleeve. Um ran his socks off, uh, a great goal scorer as well. And I think as well, just a really good role model uh, for any young kid to look up to. And yeah, when I got all those old Arsenal DVDs, he was on loads of them and I just absolutely loved him. And now, you know, seeing him do his punditry uh, on podcasts, he just comes I across... I love Writer's House, such a great podcast. Yeah, exactly. He just comes across as a really nice, genuine guy. Um someone that I really look up to, um, not just as an Arsenal fan, but just as a, as a person in general. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And a phenomenal footballer as well. Someone who really had to like fight and scratch for every opportunity and get absolutely everything out of his career that he could. There's yeah. this great image or might be a little video of him when he gets his Premier League medal. And you can just see in that moment how much it means to, to him. And it, like I said, just wore his heart on his sleeve every single time. So... Just yeah, absolutely. The, the the thing as well about him is, well, he came he came from a pretty rough background, didn't he? Mm. Um, I think he had to he had quite a bad childhood. He went to prison at one point, I think. Mm. I can't remember why. Um, but was, have you seen the video? It's like such a heartwarming video of him where he meets he meets his first ever football coach again. Yeah, yeah. And he's oh, in the, he he's in the Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And the coach comes up and he just goes, he takes his hat off straight away as a sign of respect. Like straight yeah. away he takes his hat off. And then he goes, they told me you was dead. Yeah. And then it's just this, this such an emotional little thing. And he hugs him. He hugs him yeah. as if he's like hugging his dad or something like that. It's incredible. Very sweet, yeah. really sweet. Yeah. Well, what's incredible about Ian Wright, I think it goes into the radar. He didn't sign his first professional contract until he was 22 years old. Yeah. 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 No. Didn't Arsenal until he was 26. Yeah, Palace. Yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't join Arsenal until, and like he played for a very transitional Arsenal side. He'd gone from the, from the mid nineties mm. to then the renaissance of English football. Really, he was part of that with with Arsene Wenger. The very start yeah. that he was there, he he helped turn Thierry Henry into the player that he became. Played yeah. with Dennis Bergkamp. Played with like all these incredible Arsenal legends. Yeah, Ian Wright was there with them, laying the groundwork for what became one of the greatest Premier League sides ever seen. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. And then he didn't get to finish it off because he was playing for Burnley in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he was just if he'd like got his first contract when he was like eighteen, been a four years younger, um, and then 
come to Arsenal at the same time, but been four years younger and been able to enjoy that uh, those other successes, that would have been lovely because, again, I think he deserved it, but I think just age catches up with everyone, doesn't it? And Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of age, it makes you feel very old that his grandson is now playing with Stoke. Grandson? Demagio Wright Phillips. I knew he had sons playing, but I guess, like, yeah. They're, they're well, not that's Sean, Wright Phillips, Sean Wright Phillips' son, Demagio. Yeah, he's got to be like Wait, 40, how old's so. Sean Wright Phillips now, then? Uh, 40. I have a son yeah. who's... Jeez. So he must have had a Demagio's son quite young 20. as well. Yeah. So Wright's got wow. to be right in his 60s now. I, w- I, d- I didn't think he was that old, but obviously... Um, but yeah, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips as well, a Red yeah. Bull uh, New York legend, MLS Wait. legend. So insane, and also uh, not a bad rapper as well. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen his uh, battle rap against Yannick Balassi? Yeah, it's I fantastic. I yeah. actually haven't. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> right. Well, there is your first eleven. We'll do one more before we take a quick break. So who is your super sub? My super sub, I wanted to put him in the, the first 11, but I think there were just a few others who meant a little bit more to me. But if there's any man you want coming off the bench, it's Gareth Bale. Um, similar reasons to Ashley Williams, as I said earlier. Huge part of that um, that Wales team. If he didn't play for Tottenham, I probably would have forced him in here, but he did. So, you know, but what he did for Wales... Um, it, and again, just as I was moving to Wales is where we really get, got the peak of it. Um, Euro 2016 and then everything to qualify for this World Cup just gone as well. Um, watching that free kick go in, I just it couldn't believe my eyes. It was unbelievable. Um, and, and obviously, he's had so many moments in the Champions League final. Um, all these different goals he scored. Just an unbelievable player. And also, the main reason I picked him. He has the same name as me. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he's an well, LAFC legend. Now, I'll give you that. Yeah, Gareth Barry. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's not getting into the team. Choose him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he single-handedly won LAFC the championship as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by playing by about dawdling onto a header. Good yeah. luck, Gareth. <laughs> yeah, been a bit of a flop for them, but you know, if you end up winning something, then. You can't really be a flop, can you? No one's going to remember what he didn't do. I'll just remember what he did do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. can see his legs have gone now. They have, but yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to give I mean, the man credit. He put his body on the line for so long and and relied so much on his pace and his power. So you know, it's going to catch up with you in the end, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And his golf handicap is like can... three or something like oh, that's a fair play to. <laughs> I'd love to see the transition from him onto the PGA Tour. Just go right. Imagine. You know what? <laughs> Sat this off. I don't need my legs anymore. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> is there? Do we have any idea? Like, would he be able to compete? I don't know anything about golf. Would he be able so? To compete? So, a handicap of three, I know, is insane, and it's like nearly professional level. Mm. So he's good enough if he just pushes on that little bit to probably be. He plays enough. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a bit more practice in. Maybe go back to Madrid. Then he the time. Love to see, yeah. What I'd love to see is. <laughs> Like Gareth Bale becoming a professional golfer and then finding the equivalent of like the golf Micon and then just absolutely <laughs> rinsing this guy on the course. <laughs> and then everyone just talks about it like that for years. <laughs> that would be good. I mean, that would be good. Is there a golf equivalent to Micon? I don't Maybe. Know, what would a golf equivalent to Micon be? <laughs> 
Maybe old and Brazilian. Brazilian. There you go, you got to find that. Yeah. <laughs> Brazilian, kind of overhyped a little bit. It used to be good. Played yeah. for City. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, that seems like a perfect jumping off point. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with your manager stadium and your kit. Okay, Gareth, a um, interesting team. Very good. Defense a bit shoddy, maybe. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you not seen some boys team? play. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, who's, who's managing this team then? It couldn't be anyone else other than Arsene Wenger. He was one of the yeah. figures who helped me fall in love with football. Obviously, the guy who built up that Arsenal team, which kind of built a lot of my childhood. Um, another one I look up to, not just as an Arsenal fan, but just as a role model in general. general. I love the way he um, conducts himself. Um, and the way he came into the Premier League and revolutionised it as well. Uh, brought it into the modern age, which I think I'm going to be doing on my, when I start my YouTube channel, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff on Sir Alex Ferguson, Arsene Wenger and the that kind of period of, of the Premier League. I think not only did he revolutionise the Premier League, but I think he really pushed on Sir Alex to the point where he could then go and actually compete with those European powers to the point where I'm not, I'm not crediting Arsene Wenger with winning the treble. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, that... <laughs> Yeah, it definitely helped. I mean, Sir Alex has you know acknowledged as much uh, himself. So I don't, I, I just don't, I don't want to say that in a way where it sounds like, oh, Wenger basically won the treble because obviously Sir Alex is a phenomenal manager himself. Um, but yeah, well, m- means a lot to me, and I think also, you know, a, hu- a huge amount to English football as well. A lot of a lot of people say that the reason that, um, like the footballing diets came into place and like the nutrition and stuff like that mm. for football was because as soon as Arsene Wenger took over Arsenal, he put in place such strict diets for the players and they had to follow it and the nutrition behind it all. Mm. And that's when they really took that leap above United and they dominated over United mm. for, I can't remember what years it was. But I, yeah. I was reading about this recently and it's, it's that thing of like, and now you literally, all you see is about how, players' nutrition is so important to their game and things like that. And it almost yeah. looks as though Arsene Wenger was sort of kick-started that, maybe not around the world, but especially in the Premier League. Yeah, it was something he brought from elsewhere. Um, and in yeah. the Premier League, we were just kind of behind the times on it. Um, and this is, part, again, part of the reason, obviously, England had a ban from European football, which is part of the reason for why English clubs struggled in that period. But then also clubs across Europe were just ahead of us in terms of that sports science, in terms of the dieting and stuff like that. Um, so that is definitely something that not only helped Arsenal, um, but then also eventually helped the rest of the league and English football in general. Um, but yeah, just his all round his way of conducting the club, I really, really admired. Um, obviously, those later years, <laughs> um, I think <laughs> I was never Wenger out. Yeah, I was never Wenger out because I loved him too much. Uh, but there was there did become a time where I was like, I hope he's the one to step down rather than being pushed. Yeah, rather than get relieved. Yeah, and in the end, it seemed like he was kind of told, we want you to step down, we're going to let you do it. Um, I'm not sure if he w- was fully wanting to. Um, and then obviously with the fans and stuff. But just recently, my first ever Arsenal game I went to actually was... Uh, against West Ham recently. Um, it take, took me a long time just to like 
get the time because usually when I had time to go to a game, I'd go back to Hereford because um, they've always been my kind of like my focus, my number one. But over Christmas, I was staying with my girlfriend's family who lived near down near there, and I was like, seems like too much of a good opportunity to miss. Managed to get my hands on a ticket. And it was also the first game Arsene Wenger's been back since. Um, so I share that with him. Amazing. Me and him, we've Amazing. got that in common. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was, you know, he was just as proud to see me there as well. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I'm sure he thought that. So <laughs> let's go back to the very beginning of Arsene Wenger's career at Arsenal. So do you think on any level, any minuscule level, that one of the reasons they hired him is that <laughs> his name... Is the same first five letters as Arsenal. I I thought when I was a kid, I thought he was named after the club, and like so did I. Yeah, and so I thought did I, I. Think, I think everyone our, our age must have yeah. thought that. Must and I thought it that. was like his destiny to manage Arsenal. I thought this was like his, you know, it was fate. And I just thought there was in football at the time, not so much now though. For some clubs, yes, like it just felt like there was a proper identity to every single club. United had Ferguson, they were built in his image. Arsenal, even though Wenger hadn't been there for a long time, it seemed quite quickly that he managed to build that club in his image, even early on. And his name must have had something to do with it. Yeah, it has to. I just think that like, you look at the CVs and you go, hey, lads, it says Ars. <laughs> Our name says Ars, you know. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, th- I think there must have been. They must have at least mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, do you reckon they? Like, do you reckon they like didn't mention it? Just like right, no, no one say it. Right, we all we all know it, but no one say it. We don't want to embarrass him. <laughs> everyone's comes to the thinking interview. it. <laughs> everyone's thinking it, but just don't bring it up, okay? Yeah, I mean, papers had a, a field day with Arsene Wenger with the amount of puns they could get out of that for years. Oh, absolutely, yeah. perfect. Yeah, made for it. Right, well. And a fantastic manager for this team. So a fantastic manager and a fantastic team needs a fantastic stadium. So where is this team going to be playing their games? Well, I mentioned earlier, one of my favourite Spanish teams is Valencia. And so I've gone with the Mestalla. Um, It's my favourite stadium in world football. They're going to be demolishing it soon. So I'm going to try my best to get there to see a game. It is so steep. And I just want to go and sit at the top. And I'm not even really going to watch the football. I'm just going to sit there and be like, yeah, this is really steep. I hate heights. I absolutely hate them. So I'm just going to be, be there, sat at the top, scared for my life. But it's going to be great because there'll be like an atmosphere and football way down on the pitch that you probably see Crazy. like ants running around. But it's always been my dream to go and watch a game there. Um, but the I atmosphere say, when it's full seems like yeah. it's amazing. Incredible. I can say... Uh, I've not been inside, but I have touched the Mestalla. Oh. I've been outside it. Very uh, lucky. I went to Valencia a few years ago. An amazing city. Uh, this podcast isn't for travel recommendations, but if you have a <laughs> chance to go to Valencia, you should definitely go because it's incredible, right? Uh, really incredible food scene, culture. It's just an incredible place. Incredible place. Anyway, so uh, I managed to drag my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, so um, something worked out. But we uh, we were in Valencia, and she planned everything. She plans everything to the nines, literally you can't move on holiday without her planning it, which is great. <laughs> I should point out, it's not that's not a slight on her. It's fantastic. It makes my life a lot easier. But she's like, oh, I don't really have anything to do in this area. Do you think there's anything we could do? I was like, I, 
I could go and touch the football stadium. <laughs> would, would, that, would that be okay? <laughs> so uh, we marched. We marched way out of our our plan just so I could go and stand outside the Mastaya, and it is incredible because it's in a really built up area. It's not yeah. off by itself. It's in the middle of just city streets, and it's just there in front of you. It just it opens up, and it's yeah. huge. It's incredible. Got the iconic badge on the front. It's just, oh my goodness, that you could. It's one of those places where you can sort of feel the history, even though mm. I didn't go in. I can just like, just felt it. It was incredible. So yeah, I love that choice of the stadium because it is a fantastic stadium and also one of my favourites. I agree. Yeah. Is it is it being demolished because there's probably a health and safety thing there? Because it is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be part of it. Like, it does feel like it's beyond the standards of like you know 2023 as we're in now yeah um, well, the camp the camp now the top seats you have to go up a step ladder to get to them you're stood on top of a step ladder. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. not true <laughs> i mean like it looks the, like it though the, the camp now like i mean they're having to redevelop that not demolish it but redevelop it but yeah the, the, the top of that is unbelievable as well you've got um uh rail betis's stadium in uh seville as well is incredibly uh high up and just, I don't know, it probably feels quite insecure when you're up there. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm yeah. rubbish with height, so I feel like anything steep, like, like a stadium, if yeah. it was that steep, I would not do well with. Well, I, I am as well, but that's part of why I want to go. I just, I want the experience Bit of sitting of there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just like scared for 90 minutes whilst people are shouting. I to watch Gennaro Gattuso run around an iconic stadium. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Not even on well. the pitch anymore, just on the sideline going mad. Yeah, if I could get, if I could get to see him in action. Um, that would be another dream come true. Amazing. Thank you, George. Right, well, last pick for you now. Um, some would say the most important, but they'd be wrong. Um, what <laughs> kit are they playing in? <laughs> so I've picked Ireland's 2016, Euro 2016 kit. Um, it's just, I, I have this kit and it's very beautiful, elegant. Um, it's the first, I mean, I was there for 2002 um, but I don't really remember it all that well. I mainly remember like Brazil versus England um, from that, and not much else. And then everything I've seen, I've I've kind of watched it in retrospective. So, yeah, Euro twenty sixteen was my first Ireland tournament, um, and there were some great memories. You know, the goal against Sweden from Wes Houlihan, Robbie Br- Robbie Brady's winner against Italy. And then the kit is just really, really nice as well. Um, I didn't really... I mean, Shane Duffy, I think, was at the tournament, but I don't know if... He, I don't think he played. I think he was at, the, at it anyway. Um, but, I, yeah, like I said, I don't think he played. Um, James McLean must have been there or thereabouts. Um, yeah. But I didn't really feel like I had, like... I wanted to put Robbie Brady or Wes Houlihan in my team, basically, because they're the guys that scored uh, the famous goals. But... I, I didn't I couldn't justify it over the other people. So I've gone with them as the kit and that's how I fit in my memory of that tournament um as well. It's a really nice Fantastic kit as kit. well. Yeah. And yeah. like you said, some incredible memories there. I'd completely forgotten that they'd beaten Italy in that tournament. Yeah. yeah. Last minute or I, I was living in Italy at the time and I think I don't remember that <laughs> so well because that day I just don't remember being in a shop when that when the Robert Brady goal went in because mm. I could see the cashier was watching it. Yeah, and he literally went, slammed something down the <laughs> counter and stormed off. And I was like, um, "Just want to buy, just want to buy this kind of coke, please." <laughs> oh, that's amazing! <laughs> Love it. Right, well, there you go. First yeah. eleven super sub manager stadium kit all done. 
So we're going to go through them one more time to make sure you're happy with your choices. Any last-minute decisions you want to make, um, if you want to change it to a, a team full of Emerson Boyce, we'd understand that. If I could, I yeah. would. Um, <laughs> hey, cloning machines, they're not too far off, probably. <laughs> one day. And if you and if you want to change the kit or have the away kit, as you know, Napoli have the Mar- Maradona kits with Maradona's face on the front. Yeah. If you want to change that to an Emerson Boyce version, <laughs> we'd be happy with that. I'll take the Barbados away kit with Emerson Boyce's face <laughs> printed on like Maradona do with uh, Napoli do with Maradona not, not doing oh. Wigan Wigan don't deserve it but Barbados I reckon they've got some good kits Drew if yeah, only we so. had money behind us on this podcast we'd get that we'd get that sorted <laughs> <laughs> custom kit right well let's get in so you went for a 4-3-3 formation yeah in goal you had Petr Glaski yeah in defence you had Emerson Boyce Ashley Williams Shane Duffy and Juan Capdevere Yep. Yeah, so moving on to the midfield, your holder midfielder was Gilberto Silva, your number eight was Santi Cazorla, and your number 10, obviously, was Diego Maradona. Yep. And then the front three, Mark Pugh, James McLean, and Ian Wright, with the super sub of Gareth Bale. <laughs> Mark Pugh got into a starting 11 of Gareth Bale. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, uh, yeah. It's, it's that's what, no, that's it, what it's it, all about. It, it, it makes sense. It makes absolute yeah. sense. Um, on his day, probably a better player. <laughs> <laughs> Just on his day. Gareth yeah. Be- what did Gareth Bale ever do for Hereford? Very true. Very true. Yeah. Or Bournemouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> has he got a foodie footballer Instagram as well? I don't think anyway. so. A golf uh, Instagram. Golf. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the manager of this team is Arsene Wenger. The stadium is the Mestaya and the kit is Ireland's Euro 2016 home kit. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful choices. So the last thing we need you to do is name this team. I've gone for a little mix of the two clubs I support. I've gone for Arsford because I think <laughs> Arsford sounds like a great place. Um, just It's somewhere that I think most people want to go, at least to take a picture of them with the sign. Um, so Arsford FC. That's what I've gone with. Obviously, that's a mix of Arsenal and Hereford. I love how you had to describe that to us, just in case we didn't know. Yeah. Right, well, Gareth, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Yeah, Thank you really so is. much for taking the time out to come and chat with us. Thank you for having me. Revel in the nostalgia of football, <laughs> as we like to do. Um, so before we let you go, can you please point our listeners in the direction of all of your content? Yeah, so, I mean, you can find me on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and now YouTube, at least moving forward. Um, and it's Eno underscore football, which is spelt F-U-T-B-O-H, not normal football, football, uh, which, yeah, I don't know why I've done it like that. I should have just done football because I didn't think about uh, having to do it, explain it on a podcast. Um <laughs> Well, here you are. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, Eno underscore football. And that's just on any platform. And also, don't forget to check out the Kit Men podcast. Go that check is them well. out. Yes, thank it's you for reminding me. New content coming out. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Make sure you go check them out, everyone. There's some absolutely cracking content. And like we said, yeah, really Netflix is. by 2025. Easy. Easily. <laughs> Easy money. <laughs> yeah. Wish it into the world and it'll happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. 
so there you go. That was our first guest of this season three. We call it season three. Yeah, fuck it. Season, season three. three. New season. Yeah. New season. Uh, our first guest of the new season, Gareth Ford Elliott there. Fantastic guest. Uh, really does produce some fantastic content. If you like James Dewsbury's content, if you've checked him out since the last time you listened, um, it's very similar stuff. Um, really insightful stuff. They go back and he goes back and talks about um, some classic times in football, some current stuff. The Kitmen podcast are doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, really good sort of forum where people just come on and chat about football. It's really good, really good stuff. So definitely go check him out on one of his many platforms or podcasts. Um, and yeah, you'll be keep an eye out for him because he's up and coming, and I'm sure he's going to make it big time. And we will ride the coattails all the way to the top. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks again for listening. Um, we're glad you've, you've stuck with us and you're back. We've got some great guests lined up. We've got some uh, very exciting things in the pipeline, which you may already know about at this point. I don't really know. I can't remember. But you might do. <laughs> um, some very exciting things coming up. Um, may already be out. Some very exciting guests to come in the coming weeks. So stick with us. Um, and as always, you can find us on social media. Uh, with the handle at NostalgiaFCPod on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, if you want to email us at any point, it is nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. Oh, yes. So uh, there we go. We won't waffle on as we usually do. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for some more nostalgic football fun. That was Gareth Ford Elliott, otherwise known as Eno underscore Futba on his socials. And uh, he gave us Oxford FC. <laughs> and what a team it was. And what a team it was. it up and then I'm <clears> going <throat> to have some food. Cool. Ooh, start with. Got an air well, there we go. Christmas. Oh, Sorry. oh fucking come on then. <laughs> I know. Billy Big Bollocks. You know you're a grown up when that happens and you're excited about it. I got a blender. Nice. Let's I want a go. blender. I, want I was very blender. excited. I was very excited because the blender matches my kettle and toaster. Come on. <laughs> I think my toaster and kettle match as well. I was buzzing about that. It's like rose gold on it. Well, we got we got the toaster and the kettle for our um, wedding present off Alinka's parents, well, Alinka's mum, and then uh, my my parents bought us the blender for Christmas, but they didn't know that it was the same one. Just happened, uh, a happy coincidence. So beautiful little thing. Beautiful. Gonna be blending my heart away. <laughs> Don't know what that means. Blending my life away. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on.